With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Home. I am Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, custom home builder, custom home designer. Here with you live like I am every weekend, Saturdays from 6 to 8, Sundays from 9 to 11. Welcome, welcome to the second hour of our fine program this morning. What are we all about? You know, I'm here to help you out to be an advocate for you as you wrestle with construction issues on your home, a design mentor for you, because when it comes to transforming your home, I say it every week, I say it a hundred times, design matters most. And uh, most importantly, just to be a friendly voice in your morning as uh, you build yourself a more beautiful home, a more beautiful life, and hopefully do it more affordably and more artfully than you ever imagined. Hey, right before we get back to our conversation, uh, I've got this to let you know about, excuse me, there are three rescue missions in Los Angeles. All three are privately funded, uh, alcohol and uh, drug-free, uh, with the goal of getting people off the street permanently. And we all know that homelessness has uh, become a major issue for us here. Uh, the Union Rescue Mission, the Midnight Mission, the Los Angeles Mission, all offer safe shelter, provide support, training, and other services to help people get their lives back. So now... Through August 8th, that would be tomorrow, uh, KFI and iHeartMedia Los Angeles, along with Albertsons, Vaughn's, are raising money to support the three L.A. missions. So please donate at checkout before August 8th at all L.A. County Albertsons, Vaughn's, and Pavilions locations, or you can text Help LA to 243-725. Help LA at 243-725. For details or to donate online, go to kfiam640.com forward slash missions. Be a part of the heart of L.A. and help those who are lost to become found. All right. So glad you've joined us this morning. It, uh, it is a beautiful Saturday morning here in early August in Southern California. Uh, we are having a conversation about stone slabs and their place in your home. When I last left you, I had just informed you of the critical fact that uh, slabs of stone are sold in slab form. And so it's not as easy as just measuring your square footage of your countertops, ordering that much material. No, because you've got to deal with 
the material and you have to buy the material in the form that it comes five to six foot wide slabs on average uh, that are between eight and 10 feet in length on average. And you've got to make that material work, which means you're going to be dealing with a fabricator from the very beginning of this process, because it is your fabricator who's going to be uh, doing the heavy lifting, literally and figuratively when it comes to your countertops. More on that in just a bit. The other thing that, that I want you to be aware of is what to look for when you're out at a stone yard uh, looking and shopping for slabs. Here are some things that I just want you to be aware of. Some slabs are going to have on the back side of the slab a mesh backing that has been kind of glued or epoxied to the back of the slab. Now, a lot of stone manufacturers just... Uh, just put a mesh backing on the back of their stone no matter what. What it does is helps reinforce the stone during the long trip uh, you know, overseas to where we are, wherever it has to uh, you know, end up. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a mesh backing. It's a nice bit of reinforcement, sort of, sort of like a gluing rebar to the back surface of a piece of concrete. It isn't going to solve the cracking problem altogether, but it helps. Okay, so Sometimes the mesh backing is just, you know, just a part of uh, how that particular seller uh, provides their stone. However, mesh backing can be a sign that a particular kind of stone slab is problematic when it comes to cracks. In other words, that it's fragile. Uh, and all stone to one degree or another before it gets installed is fragile. Now, does that mean that if there's mesh backing and that that's a, a crappy piece of stone you should move away from it. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying be aware, be aware. Uh, because the more veining there is in a piece of stone, meaning that, you know, that feathery vein pattern that you see, those are typically the places where fissures or cracks could form and uh, be a problem for the stone in general. So just be aware of the mesh backing and ask the question of the seller. Okay, I see there's mesh backing here. Is this a, a particularly uh, you know crack problematic type of stone that I'm looking at here? And, uh, and get the answers from them uh, uh, as well. Now, whenever you're looking at a slab of stone at a stone yard, don't just look at it straight on. Get to the side. Look at it when you can't even see the color or the texture. Look at it from the side with light shining across it, bouncing off from a very, very low profile. That is when you are likely to see whether there are any cracks because you'll detect the cracks that way more than looking at it straight on. And also epoxy fillers. A lot of stone, because of its nature, uh, has pits in it. And uh, at a stone yard, you're not going to see those pits because those pits get filled in with epoxy fillers, okay? Now, sometimes an epoxy filler is virtually undetectable uh, because it's done just the right way with just the right color in just the right pattern. Other times, though, epoxy fillers are pretty expansive and pretty large. And here's the problem with epoxy fillers. They're great. They're strong. They're not going to be a problem for you as far as the structure of the stone is concerned, but epoxy does not polish the way that the rest of the stone polishes. Therefore, uh, and, and it doesn't seal the rest of the way. So therefore, when you're looking at this stone in reflected light in your home, you're going to see a dull spot. And uh, it may bug the heck out of you uh, because that epoxy cannot be brought up to the same polish and shine because it's a resin. It's a resin. It, by the way, is the same critique that I have essentially of 
uh, quartz, the synthetic stone, is that they're a little duller than uh, than your typical comparative uh, uh, stone, natural stone counterpart. And the reason that is is because a lot of what they are made of is a resin that is just kind of dense and dull, strong, strong as heck, but uh, not the kind of thing that polishes up and glows the same way that stone glows. So anyway, be aware of epoxy fillers. Also be aware of how the stone is cut. Now, when you look at pieces of stone in a stone yard, you are likely gonna be looking at the front piece or the front slab of several slabs of stone that are sitting there on the rack, okay? Understand that that's not just a bunch of the same stuff, but literally it is basically like a loaf of bread that has been brought to you and set in that place. All of those slabs of stone, the one behind it and the one behind that and the one behind that and one the, on the are all part of the same block of stone and they have been cut and sliced from each other like a loaf of bread, okay? Uh, sliced in the order that you find them. So what that means is you may see a, a, a bit of stone and in your, you're falling in love with this slab, falling in love with it. But because it's a natural stone, right down here in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little, mm, a little blemish, a little, a little weird tweak of the veining that you don't like, a little discoloration in the natural stone that you're not thrilled with. And you're like, ugh, I love this piece of stone, but this thing is here. Well, that's when you ask the stone yard, hey, could you pull out the next two or three slices? Because an inch back, deeper into the stone block, maybe two inches or three inches deeper in, maybe that imperfection goes away. You see what I'm saying? It is like a loaf of bread. That is how they are displayed and that is how they are sold. One slab to the next to the next. Now, when we come back, we're going to keep on this loaf of bread uh, concept, and we're going to talk about one of the uh, most beautiful potentials for natural stone slab, which is what we call book matching, and how that works, and why it can be a gorgeous feature. You just need to be aware of it. All of this and more, I'm handing you pearls this morning, like I do. I am so glad you joined us this morning. So much more to come. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer at your service. So glad you joined me this morning. Hey, I would love to talk to you about what's going on with your home today. If you want to give us a call, I am available. Just for a limited time only, though. Uh, so coming up in just a few minutes, uh, we're going to open up. Well, we have opened up the phone lines now in a few minutes. Uh, we'll take a call or two if we get a call or two. Now's your chance. Jump into the queue. The number to reach me, 833-2-ASK-DEAN, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. Anything you want to talk about regarding your home, design, construction, DIY, 
anything at all. I'm talking about uh, stone slabs today, but you and I, well, we can talk about anything you want. You're in charge. It's all up to you. All right. Back to our conversation about stone slabs. I was telling you about what to look for when you were shopping for slabs. We talked about mesh backing, uh, what that might mean, and the questions that you should ask. Uh, epoxy fillers that show up on the front, uh, filling in voids uh, that uh, naturally occur in stone. Maybe most importantly, your understanding that when you're looking at stone slabs at a stone yard, uh, they are all stacked together, and those stacks aren't just coincidental. They aren't just like, oh, well, these are a lot of things that look similar to each other. No, they are literally like slices of uh, bread in a loaf of bread. All of those pieces that you see stacked together there were one block of stone. And what that means is that if you're falling in love with uh, a pattern on that, but you see an inconsistency or something, uh, then you should ask to look at the piece right behind it and the piece right behind that, because sometimes uh, inconsistencies just disappear a couple of inches in. Sometimes they're through and through. Sometimes other patterns show up two inches back. So always look at the whole loaf, if you can, before you're committing uh, to a slab. And never buy slabs unseen, sight unseen. No, no, you want to get eyes on. It's part of you being involved at your home. Uh, you want to get there. So because slabs are very much like a, a loaf of bread, the way that they are cut, there are times in which a stone seller will see such a, uh, a beautiful pattern and, uh, and see that pattern mimicked in the piece right behind it as well, that they actually decide to polish the backside of one piece and the front side of the other so that the two can be opened up like a book, kind of imagining, you know, opening a book in the center, one page facing the other page, and both patterns uh, duplicating each other, uh, you know, emanating from the center. We call that, whether it's in carpentry, and we do this sometimes with wood pattern, wood grain patterns, and we do it with a stone, we call that book matching. A book matched pair of slabs uh, is a slab that has been one that has been polished, two pieces of slab that have been polished facing each other so that they can be opened up. Now, in a really large countertop where you've got to, like, say, on an island, maybe an island is big enough that you actually need more than one piece of slab in order to account for the overall material. Sometimes we just decide, yeah, let's just get a seam in there and we're going to minimize the seam. It's going to go away and we're not going to worry about it. Other times we decide, you know what? We're not going to be able to hide this scene and this uh, seam and this uh, this pattern is really really gorgeous. We could book match this, and what you get is just this gorgeous sort of Rorschach looking ink blot sort of uh, design that uh, takes it to a whole nother level. Now it's not a given that that's what you should do. I'm just saying, book matching is uh, one of those things. So when you go to a stone yard, inevitably you're gonna as you walk around, whether it's the pieces that you're kind of interested in or some other, you will find uh, something has been laid out in a book match form so that you can get the idea of like, oh, that, wow, wow, that's dramatic. And, uh, you know, it's inspiring. That's why you get to the stone yard anyway, okay? Now, I touched on this, and I want to uh, underscore this truth. From the moment that you find the stone you want, you need to get a fabricator 
in, uh, involved in the process. Stone slabs weigh hundreds of pounds. They are vulnerable to breakage, okay, until they're fully installed. They need specialized handling at all times. Stone slabs are not something that, okay, we're going to buy the, I'm going to save myself some money. We're going to buy this slab. I'm going to go get a rental truck and uh, they're going to load it into the rental truck. I'm just going to store this at home. No, that's not how it works. Number one, you're going to break that thing or you're going to break yourself. And quite honestly, most stone yards will not allow you to just take a slab home on your own. They don't, that's not how it works. So the minute that you begin the process of purchasing a slab, one of the very first questions you're going to get asked at the stone yard is, uh, who is your fabricator? And when will they be coming down to pick up the stone? Because that's how it works. You've got a fabricator who's gonna be cutting and installing these slabs for you. They know already, that's part of their job. They're gonna to go to the stone yard where you bought the stone. They are going to pick it up in their special truck, put it on their special racks, take it back to their shop where it is going to be evaluated. It's gonna be trimmed and cut and the edges are gonna be uh, put on all of those things so that for its, uh, for its installation at your house. The fabricator is involved from the moment you buy the slab. Once the slabs are purchased, they go directly to the fabricator's shop. All right, we need to talk about how stone slabs are installed. How does it change your countertop height? How that thick edge is made and what the options are for that thick edge. And maybe most importantly of all, where do the seams go? We will deal with all of that, but I think when we return, we might also go to the phones. I am so glad you've joined us this morning. You're home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Good morning to you. I was literally just uh, watching the dead parrot sketch from Monty Python on YouTube here. It just inspired me. Pushing up the daisies, a late parrot. Oh my gosh, that was great. Anyway, uh, hey, uh, welcome to the show. We're talking about uh, stone slabs on your home today, but it is time to go to the phone. So let's do that without any more ado. Sandra. Welcome home. Hello. Um, I purchased a new home, but it did not have a backsplash. And I am not a fan of, like, subway tile or because of all the grout and things that go in there. And I was wondering what choices could I are there for me to choose from to do a decent backsplash without, like, a t even tile, but with not all the grout, what would look good and be okay. functional to 
So we're talking. Okay. So your kitchen, your kitchen countertops don't have a backsplash. Is that is that my understanding then? Correct. Okay. They just have a. So what? They do have um the like the three inch border that goes around, but not really a full backsplash around. You know, like the, the ah. stove and that type of thing. Okay, so they have a backsplash. They simply have a you know three to four inch backsplash running around. They don't. You're saying that they don't have a full backsplash back behind. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, what kind of material is the countertop itself? Um, I think it's quartzite. Um, it's the it's a, a synthetic countertop that seems. Okay, to so be... it's a quartz count. Yeah. It's a quartz countertop then, and uh, so quartzite is the natural material. Quartz is the, the, oh, the synthetic quartz material. Quartz. Yeah. Okay. Now, is it is this is this a brand new home? Yes. Okay, it's a brand, brand new, new home. So but... you're the first owner. First, okay. So, uh, in, in is this in a, a development where the builder is still available or the development uh, team is still available? I ask that because the one one of the advantages to quartz countertops to synthetic countertops is their consistency and their consistency over time. Uh, and so you may be in a situation where you could do, you know, an upgrade and have the, 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 the low backsplash uh, removed and uh, have more of the quartz added behind it uh, if you actually want that look. So, so one of the things that you, you need to know is that Bare minimum, if you can get a hold of the the brand and the style name of your countertops from the builder or from the developer, then uh, whether they're involved or not, you could go to your local uh, tile store that's anybody in the area that sells that material. And uh, and uh, let's say like it, you find out that it's Pentel 001, you know, uh, Ebony, whatever. Uh, Chances are that material is still available to you. You could order more of it and have a fabricator install that and simply extend your countertops. And the the likelihood of it matching up really finely is uh, is very, very high. And so even though they only gave you a three-inch backsplash, you could transform that into a larger one because it's a thin synthetic material and match the finish and the color. So that's a really, really good thing. That's one of your options. The other option then would have to be going to a kind of a tile uh, back there. Uh, and then, you know, that's going to involve grout lines. And if you don't want those, then, you know, that there's not a whole lot uh, else I can direct you to. I will tell you this, though, about uh, backsplashes in general. I think as a designer, and this is just me, uh, but, you know, my opinion counts. Gosh, dang it. Uh, Absolutely. As a designer, uh, as a designer, I think backsplashes, especially these days, are overused. Okay, and what I mean by that is my and, and my clients always cock their head and look kind of weird at me when I say this. A backsplash is just what it uh, sounds like. It is for splashing. Okay, the idea of a backsplash is to protect the drywall, the wall behind uh, the countertop, uh, and underneath the upper cabinets from. Uh, you know, splashes. Uh, the area yeah. where you yeah. really need a backsplash, where you really, really need it, is around the sink, where there's splashing water happening, and around the cooktop area, where pots and pans are, you know, grease is flying out and splattering and so on and so forth. 
those are the areas where it's absolute necessity that we have a backsplash, okay? Other areas of your kitchen counter may or may not require a backsplash because really there's no danger of splashes happening over there. What there is always a danger of is spills. Okay, and so if there wasn't something at the very back, then if you spilled a glass of wine or spilled a water, you know, whatever, some, spilled some liquid, it would run to the back of the counter and damage the drywall. So let me just say this, uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, these days, I am reducing the height of backsplashes in areas where we don't actually uh, have a splash zone. And I am leaving more open wall space, more open drywall space. Now, some people that doesn't thrill. Uh, others uh, really embrace the idea that now we've got drywall back there uh, that is uh, paintable, we can change it, we can alter it, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So really what is needed outside of the splash zone is not a splash, but a dam. And that dam could be as, uh, as short as just one inch one inch coming off of the back countertop because that's all it would be required to stop the flow of a, a spilled liquid. So uh, the lesson in total here is to review your situation. Uh, one, if you want full height backsplashes everywhere, just be aware that sometimes that's a fantastic thing to do. Other times things can get a little cavey looking because there's so much stone. But if you want them, uh, and you've got a synthetic countertop, especially one that is brand new. Uh, you can find the the, uh, the manufacturer and the style and order more of it for full height backsplash. And unlike in the natural stone market, it's going to match and it's going to work out beautifully. Uh, but number two, consider from a design perspective, maybe not having so much backsplash everywhere in the kitchen. Uh, use it where you need it behind the cooktop, in the cooking area, around the sink, and uh, maybe where you don't need it, where you only need spill protection, going for a much shorter dam and, uh, you know, mixing up the design of the kitchen. These are your options, especially if you don't want uh, to put a tile backsplash in place with grout lines and the ceiling and the cleaning and, you know, all of the maintenance that uh, goes along with that. Those are your options, Sandra, and thank you very much for the call. It was on point, on target, and I hope uh, this advice helps you out. All right, when we return, let's finish up our discussion on the stone countertop. Let's figure out where to put the seams, shall we? You are home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Welcome home. Hey, we're just uh, finishing up our conversation this morning on uh, slabs of stone for your home. Uh, let's get back into the nitty gritty of it because this is where uh, the real ignorance lies. In that is, uh, you know, what stones available, how uh, slabs are installed, what are the processes? We've already talked about many of these things, including the fact that you're going to have a fabricator involved from the very minute that you purchase the stone forward. Very, very super critical. How are these slabs installed? Well, I've already mentioned earlier that there's a plywood subtop that is placed on top of your cabinets, a three quarter inch plywood subplop, <laughs> plop, plywood <laughs> subtop, uh, 
That, uh, your stone slab is going to be glued in place with construction adhesive to that sub top. Now, if there is any part of this that's going to be hanging over, like cantilevered over your cabinets, uh, for instance, because you want a little area where you know, you're going to put bar stools where somebody can sit at the island or something like that, very critical. You've got to have brackets there supporting it or corbels. That's a kind of a fancy bracket. Uh, or if there's not going to be any brackets, there's going to have to be a steel plate involved inside the subtop area because there can be no deflection of this stone when you put weight down on it. It may all look great and fine on the day you install it. All it takes is one teenager to decide to hop up and uh, put their butt up on that, uh, the, you know, that area that's overhanging just a little bit of weight, even maybe a big adult who just leans heavy on it. If there is any deflection in the stone whatsoever, it's going to crack. So be aware when you cantilever out and stick the stone out away from support of the cabinets, there has to be reinforcement underneath so there is no deflection, no bend whatsoever, or it will crack. Does a slab change my countertop height, Dean? No, not really. Cabinets are built standard, assuming, assuming that we're going to do that inch and a half buildup like I talked about. Three quarters of an inch of subtop on top of the cabinet and another three quarters of an inch or so of stone on top of that. So if you were actually to measure your rough cabinets when they uh, come from the cabinet fabricator, you will find from the bottom of the kick to the top of the cabinet itself, 34 and a half inches tall. Add an inch and a half to that and you end up with your 36 inch countertop height. Last but not least, where do the seams go? Oh, this is where you, your designer, because I know you have a designer because you need a designer. You, your designer, uh, your builder, and your fabricator all get involved to lay out where the seams are going to go when you're using more than one slab on one continuous surface. It used to be in 90-degree corners, it was very popular to miter cut or have a 45-degree angle heading into the back. Um, that's very tricky. And sometimes, uh, often these days, we find it's not the best cut. Quite often these days, we will run one slab all the way through and then join the other one to it to uh, minimize the length of the seam because the 45 seam in the corner is actually considerably longer than just going from front to back 24 inches of countertop. So you got to decide where the seams are going to go. One of the trickiest areas is around the sink. Quite often, and this is a matter of open debate, but quite often when two slabs need to be seamed together and there's a sink nearby, we might decide to put the seam right smack dab on the middle of the sink. Now, why would we do that? Because that's an area where you stand all the time, Dean. Well, that's why it's an issue of ongoing debate because the question is, should we put the seam out of the way and have it be a longer seam, but further away from where you normally are? Or, and the reason why we often do this at a sink break, is because with the sink, there's only a little three-inch bit of countertop in front of the sink, and then there's a little three-inch bit of countertop in the back of the sink that the faucets are sitting on, and so most of the seam is hidden, and the seam is super small. There is no right universal answer to that question. I'm simply raising it to let you know that where those seams go is a matter for you, your builder, your fabricator to sit and uh, work through and decide for the sake of the material, how the material matches up with itself, and for your specific cabinet layout. All right. I hope 
that uh, this morning we got you a little bit closer to understanding how stone slabs in your house, specifically on countertops, work, where to buy them, what to look for, where to start. Let me just um, uh, emphasize one more time. Get yourself to a stone yard. See what's out there. Open your eyes to the world of stone. That is the proper beginning place. Thanks again for spending the morning with me. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow from 9 to 11, talking about something completely different, more info that you need for your home. Until then, whatever the plan is for this beautiful day, get out there, be kind, and get busy building yourself a beautiful life. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.